for female sexual dysfunction, male erectile dysfunction, and more aesthetic procedures for men and women, call Downtowns. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992. That's 303-292-9992. Welcome to Downtowns Healthcare. On another exciting episode of Animation Deliberation, we are exploring beyond the wall. That's right. The the travesties of the attack on Trost have finally been concluded, and now we're on the offense. We're hitting the second half of Season 1, Attack on Titans, Expedition Beyond the Wall. Right after these ads, we have no control over. For female sexual dysfunction, male erectile dysfunction, and more aesthetic procedures for men and women, call Downtowns. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992. That's 303-292-9992. Welcome to Downtowns Healthcare. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. We are back. Animation deliberation, where we take animation seriously, but not too seriously. I am one of your hosts, Suhara Lee, and the man who took a week off to practice those amazing vocals while being a scout, Mr. J. Scotty. Welcome back. Woo. It's good to be back. You know, with uh, with amazing theme songs that this show has, like I couldn't help but try to get like that nice like metal in my head as you were going with the song. Yep, yep, <laughs> for sure. I can see the walnut rolling down the wall right now. <laughs> oh man, the closer of part two has been stuck in my head. For- I've just been listening to it on repeats. It is such a good song, such a good song. Definitely, definitely. They, I mean, you guys. You and Andrew did a, a phenomenal job covering the first half of season one last week. But yeah, the production quality, including the music, cannot be overstated. It is just such an incredible show and it just really gets your blood pumping and gets you so incredibly invested. It's, it's such a unique show and I'm super excited to be able to chat about it this week. Yeah, speaking of Andrew, we're going to mention a couple of things before our blood gets pumping a little too much in anticipation <laughs> of talking about this. Uh, so we were talking about like what we would do if we were cadets and had to pick. He finally picked the Garrison Squad. Uh, thankfully, he made it. He made it through. And he got in there right on time as the Battle of Trust concluded. So while we move above the wall to talk about the continuing story he's going to be behind cleaning up all the titan vomit but he did have a message on his behalf uh before he went up for cleanup duty he was actually a guest host on source pages a reading collective to talk about uh batman the long halloween in anticipation of the batman arriving in theaters this week so if you have a moment please check out our partner podcast Check out our partner podcast hosted by BVK and Haley Hobbs. It was a uh, it was a good episode. The bit of it I've listened to it so far, and we're really excited for Batman, and I'm sure he is as well. Yep, he is a Batman fan to the extreme. So I'm sure I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I know how passionate he is and how well spoken he is. So it's definitely an episode not to miss if you are excited for Matt Reeves, the Batman. He's he's just as giddy on that as he is with us. So yes, yes, <laughs> uh, his his excitement never wavers. All Nor right, should it. so Nor should it. Um, this has been an exciting show. Like I said on the last episode, I've watched it more times than I can count for season one, and it continues to blow my mind every time. Jay Scotty, what are your what are your quick thoughts on everything before we move on to part two? Yeah, it's. Like I kind of said at the top, it is really just an incredible show from the setting. It's such a unique setting with, you know, most animes kind of taking place more on the eastern side of the world. There's I don't I shouldn't say most. Some of my favorite ones kind of have this fascination with Western culture as well. But just mm-hmm. the time period, like it's just a, such a fantastical world and the concept, like seeing these giant naked <laughs> Missing genitalia, ugly as hell, human beings like chomping down on people is one of the goofiest but most terrifying things I have ever seen. And man, it's it's almost tough to stop watching. Like 
other animes I'm, I'm able to watch like two or three and I'm like, okay, I need to do other things right now. But this one, I can just go, you know, five, six episodes and I still want more. I am like a <laughs> ravenous Titan myself, just wanting to <laughs> gobble down all the episodes. <laughs> Give me all the content. <laughs> yeah. One thing I do want to bring up that I was a little surprised that, that you guys didn't bring up on your coverage last week was some of the characters, you know, our main trio are Mikasa, Aaron and Armin. But it's it's kind of interesting. I obviously love Mikasa. She's so capable and such a badass that how can you not love her? But what's weird is I find myself not really gravitating to the main character of Aaron. I think I kind of find him like a lot of the characters in the show do. And he himself sometimes admits he's a little bratty mm-hmm. and a little rash. It's It's kind of funny. I think my favorite character at this point in the show is actually kind of his rival, Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I mean, I like the prickly characters a lot of the time, but normally I don't like the characters that are directly set up to, um, I guess, go against the protagonist. Like I'm thinking in My Hero Academia, Bakugo. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. love Bakugo, but he's not necessarily one of my favorites. He's just a little too prickly, but I, I love Jean and I love how he he seems the most relatable in this fantastical world. It's like he is willing to admit that, hey, I'm scared and I want to do what I can to pr- prolong my longevity as much as possible. And that's joining the military police. Of course he comes around in the end, but yeah, I can't say that. I really even thought about that last time. And as you were explaining this, Bakugo came to my mind too, but he's actually one of my favorite characters, arguably mm-hmm. my favorite character in that show because mm-hmm. of the, of the character development that happened between him and how much you get to see like how much pain he's actually going through on the inside. And I think that's where the fascination of Jean actually comes in is he's the only one where we've seen a significant amount of character development in such a short time. We're talking half a season because everything within our main trio of Mikasa, Armin and Aaron, every flashback that they've shown shows that they haven't really changed at all. One's True. always been the smart one. One's always been the protective one. One's always been the rash one. Jean right. seems to be the only character in this bunch of all the cadets that we've seen that actually had a transition of I'm a douche to I'm super talented, but I'm still going to do the military police to, oh my God, why am I joining you guys on the scouts? So I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think I really ever gave it that much thought before, but he really is the only one that we've seen so much progression with. Yeah, those are all excellent points. And one of the reasons I I gravitate to him so much, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Sasha. I absolutely love Sasha and the comic relief she brings as well. She's (laughs) so hungry. I'd hate to see her as a Titan because she might wipe out everybody. (laughs) Oh, especially with that appetite. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, she will. She would scale that wall. No problem. I could see her just like pressing her jaw against the ground and just like driving through the world <laughs> eating everybody that came into sight. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, Good man, thing she's on our side. She for the, especially when she went for the officers, me just uh. <laughs> Yeah. I love her so much. <laughs> oh, she's great. She's great. Alright, anything else about uh, part one before we get to the next level of devastation? No, I, I don't think so. I'm excited to get into the second half of the season where for my purposes, as much as, you know, the battle of Tross really upped the ante for the series. It was one thing to see them going through training and be um, exposed to like the fall of help me with the city. Shinganshima. 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 Yeah. I mean, that was just such an incredible way to introduce us to the, the violence and the sheer terror of the Titans. Um, for my purposes, this is where the show really picked up and like started to have this rhythm where I just, I couldn't stop watching with mm-hmm. a lot of the developments we got in the intrigue and the mystery surrounding, you know, certain Titans and certain characters. Yeah. I was actually, I was surprised on this rewatch because despite the fact I've seen it so many times, it still has, it's been a few years and with how short that training sequence was. Yeah. Because it really was a lot of just the action. They really got down and gritty with like making sure that the stuff that we wanted to see was really fleshed out. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. They fast forward, what, four or five years through the training? I don't even think it was that. Well, 
I think it was four years until they started their training. Oh, okay. That's and it was, it was five years between attacks total. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. Um, the first main arc of the story was within the walls because the Titans ended up attacking again. And then we get a level of uh, trials to understand what to do with Aaron because, as I mentioned, like, this government and this military really has no structure. Like, nobody listens to each other. Everybody freaks out before they do anything else. There's mm-hmm. hardly any discipline. And the the desire to kill Aaron before doing anything else is, like, incredible. Like, it's amazing how seamlessly they're just like, let's execute him. Like, he's not on our side. He's clearly against us Um, it's it kind of echoes the real world it's like if we don't understand someone or something our first instinct is to kill it unfortunately (laughs) the sad truth (laughs) yeah yeah definitely uh so yeah well how how was that how was that trial for you and like everything that partook and just kind of like breaking down because it went from traumatic stuff to like having to see the breakdown. Like we're looking at all of our characters react to what they just witnessed for the first time and realizing like what their path is going to be from here on out. Yeah. I, I think it was a, a really good introduction. We had seen uh commander. Is it captain Levi commander Levi? Right? Captain Levi, captain Levi, excuse me, captain Levi commander Irvin. Um, Irvin. Okay. Yeah, so we had seen him previously in a really bombastic action sequence, but this was really the first chance we got to be showcased what lengths Levi is willing to go to and how strong his resolve is. And as much as Aaron is one of those characters that I kind of think deserve to be smacked down a little bit and taught a lesson, that beatdown was absolutely brutal. I was kind of right there with Mikasa, Mikasa just wanting to kind of like rush in and save him because, wow, that was tough to watch. and. Uh, it, it is one of the great aspects of the show as much as, you know, it is entertaining to watch these like people flying around with this fantastical gear that is the ODM gear and the the twin blades and taking on just these giant Titans. A lot of like the inner politics and why the military has formed the way it has and what life inside these walls is like is is really telling and the world building is just fantastic. So. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't feel like it slowed the momentum down at all, really. I was riveted with with all the development. And then, you know, just seeing that there all the different factions that exist, even though humanity is supposed to be united against these titans, there are so many factions within humanity. And, uh, you know, you've got, you've got Commander Irvin and Levi who are kind of willing to go against the tide um, and the naysayers for Aaron and, and actually take a, take a gamble on him to see if this could be the, the thing that really changes the the tide for humanity. And then of course, prefect Zachary comes in and really helps seal the deal there. And then uh, I think this is when we first started to get introduced. Oh no, we'd, we'd been introduced to, to Pixis already, right? Yeah. He was the one who was leading everything. Uh, right. during the okay. attack. Yeah. Yeah. He's really likable as well. I like how, you know, he's kind of the old tried and true, uh, officer with a drinking habit, but still is one of the best tacticians out there. It's, it's kind of like, you know, he puts down the bottle while someone's questioning him and he's like, you don't know the things I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for like some form of dialogue with him just snapping because he's just so collected that it's like, right. I, I, I want that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the way that he takes command and everything is so cool. Mm-hmm, he's, definitely. he's definitely got a he's got an interesting swagger to him. Yeah. And I really like that conversation between he and Irvin on the wall top where it's like, we actually should not be speaking, but if we just happen to walk across each other, mm-hmm. we're not doing anything wrong. It's like, he okay. knows all the loopholes. Exactly. Like, I've been here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. love his swagger so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the verdict has been made for all these cadets that they want to be scouts, except for, our little troublemaker Annie, mm. who decides to not only be in the military police, but just cause hell for everybody beyond the wall. Right. I mean, there's there's no point in like talking about this like we don't know. 
This exactly. was a huge reveal in the show. It was just utter chaos. But while the scouts decided to go on a mission, which was with the cover of going to Shiganshima to right. find out what Aaron's key is, what his father's secrets are laid in the basement. Um, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty and they go on this mission, which turns out gets ambushed by this Titan. But commander Irvin knew that and right. had hit it from everybody else. They all thought that they were doing something else. A lot of lives were cost, you know, for the sake of this mission. And it turns out that one of our cadets, Annie, also has the ability to transform into a Titan like Aaron did. How did you feel about that whole sequence and the reveal and the buildup in the forest and just all of it? Like, there, yeah. there's there's no, like, it, just like last week, like, there's no way to just, like, structure this. It's just, yeah. like, it's batshit crazy that we just have to go through and just talk about all these highlights and what was wow and what was pissing you off and just how yeah. great the storytelling is. No, yeah, exactly. And it's it's full transparency here. This was a rewatch for me. So I was trying to, you know, as I was going through my rewatch, kind of remember where my headspace was on my first watch. And, you know, I, I think the reveal of Annie is kind of one of the, I, I don't know, once you see the female Titan and you know, it's kind of one of the most obvious things, I think. But oh, just the way everything is set up is amazing. And, you know, you talking about Irvin knowing that they go on this expedition and they're going to get attacked makes me think about when, you know, we haven't talked about Hange at all. Hange, right? Zoe Hange. Um, Let's just call her Zoe because I forget her. Okay. She's one of my favorite characters as well. I love her just absolute ridiculous zeal for all things Titan and how everyone else is getting grossed out and freaked out about how close she's getting to these (laughs) Titans. But she had the two Sony and and Bean that she had in captivity and was experimenting on and, you know, testing their vitality when um, deprived of sunlight and whatnot. And someone kills those two Titans. And initially we're all, even as the viewer, you think this is just, you know, a rogue soldier that just hates Mm -hmm. Titans and wants to see a Titan die. But Irvin whispered to Aaron, he said, who do you think the real enemy is? And that just, you know, that sets up this incredible mystery. And from there, you know, uh, Levi takes direct command of Aaron. So he joins his squad and we get introduced to all of Levi's squad. We get endeared to them. Petra, um, Gunther. Uh, I'm not going to remember all of their names. I'm glad you remembered that much because it's uh, just one of those. Like I said, it's like the Walking Dead effect. Just don't get attached to anybody. Don't remember anyone's names. And I fell in love with Petra. I was just oh, yeah. I loved her character so much because she showed just true emotion right off the bat. Like she's part of Levi's squad for a reason. So, you know, she's Mm -hmm. talented and she definitely proved that in that battle against Andy. She's incredible, but like her conversation, the way that she talked to Aaron was more impactful than the other two, because they were like, quit being a whiny little and like, do what you're told. But she was asking the questions like, do you not trust us? What do you really think of us? How do you really feel? I feel like the way that she communicated was what sparked Aaron to do what he did, which we still have that question of whether it was the right or wrong thing. But her level of communication sunk through to him because he's very emotional in his decisions and anything else. So she was the only one that got logic through to him. You know, she's like really attached to Levi. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of like fan art of them like as a couple and like what would have been uh, had that moved Aww. on and I was like oh yeah I could see it I could totally see it um, yeah. so yeah Petra's name is kind of the only name that's like worth remembering for me yeah uh, I can understand but that but her emotion too just she showed that she was afraid when she didn't even know what the plane was which Aaron caught on to and then just like right. her, her just her fear, the whole squad's fear when they went out, because we saw some real savages. Like, these are professional Titan killers. We geeked when we saw Levi within the walls for the first time and seeing them, like, move with such precision and such lack of vocal communication. Like, it was amazing. It really was. And then we're just never going to see them again. (laughs) Yeah, they they spent time, like, endearing you to these characters, even with, like, the flashbacks to seeing, you know, Aaron get uh further accepted in the Levi squad. And like you said, at the end of the day, he had to make the decision. Is he with them? Does he trust them? And he makes that decision. I'm with you. I, I trust you. And that leads to all of them getting killed. And it's, it's kind of funny. One of the ones that sticks with me the most is Gunther. Like he gets killed before Annie even goes uh, back to her 
female Titan form. She is disguised in the scout gear using, uh, I don't, I, I don't think it's Marco's um, ODM gear. I think that's later on that we get the reveal that she used his ODM gear, but yeah. I can't remember I, when. I think she just happened to grab one of the corpses. Okay, okay. But yeah, I got a lot of like Battle of Indoor vibes because we had seen the ODM gear being utilized in the city and that's that's really cool. But just having these massive trees and they have the mm-hmm. green cloaks and whatnot, I definitely got Return of the Jedi vibes. But yeah, from Gunther to, um, I can't remember the blonde guy What's with the wispy name? beard. <laughs> yeah but yeah petra's was the most like devastating because she just basically gets stomped into a tree trunk and we go back to her corpse multiple times just seeing her look up lifelessly but then even you know the kind of uh cantankerous one that constantly bit his tongue i think his name was like uro uro, uro or something like that like he actually I'm had looking at all the yeah. names now and yeah they're difficult names we have levi yeah. eld petra eld okay Petra, Ulo, okay. Gunther, and then Aaron. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Ulo or Uro or whatever it was. But yeah, he was the guy that was always giving Aaron the most difficult time. And he like, you know, bit his tongue multiple times on horseback. But even <laughs> he has like the opportunity to be valiant at the end, but it's all for naught. Like he just gets completely wiped out and it is just absolutely devastating. Like I lost my breath. I was gasping. Like, is this actually happening? <laughs> And we had to look at their corpses like what four times, at least when yeah. they got killed, when Aaron looked back, when Levi right. found them, when they were kicked off of the horse carts at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. By none and other like, than Levi himself, he yeah. made that call. Yeah. Oh, what was his words like? Consider this their last, their act last of service. Uh, act of service. Oh my yeah. god, that got me hard. Yeah, it's tough. It's so tough, and. And I have I mean, to say, I have to add that the dub to this is really good. Oh, there yeah, are a couple hiccups here and there. I'm glad that Armin didn't go full Zenitsu. Right. Um, like we talked about, he's not a screamy character after he, you know, finishes cadet stuff. Um, Mikasa, like, plays it kind of chill and then, like, amps it up when she needs to. And when she does, it really pays off. My oh, yeah. only con, my only con is Titan Aaron's roar. Because it okay. is, it sounds amazing on the original. Okay. Like when you listen to a Japanese, like it sounds like a menacing roar, but it mm. sounds like a cat getting run over in the side. That's funny. to go back and listen to the, the the sub to make my comparison for the screams there but um yeah i i think 
all the voice acting is is phenomenal across the board. Um, Aaron, as much as like he kind of grinds my gears sometimes with his angst, it's an appropriate level of like you know hard headedness and yeah, everyone sounds unique. I never you know if we're if we have a character like facing, we're looking at their back or something like that, and they're speaking. There's never any confusion about who's speaking. And mm-hmm. um, I talked about you know Zoe a little bit, but she does such an incredible job just towing that line between like genius and manic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her split personality like really comes in depending on like which character we're getting. Yeah. And then even like Annie with her, like kind of like deadpan detached delivery. Uh, I still like found myself feeling for her a little bit, even in like Titan form when like Levi and Mikasa are completely slicing and dicing, like to where she can't even raise her shoulders anymore. But she's also very frustrating to watch because it's like, she's always covering up her nape. She yeah. can harden her skin and she's just such a proficient hand to hand combatant. It's like nobody stands a chance against her. And Oh, it makes me think of when she had that one scout that she was swinging around no! like a yo-yo. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ugh. <laughs> flung it straight off. Man, yeah. that, that one got me. Annie's just a savage. I can only imagine that if this was a video game, like that'd be the one boss that would make you like throw the controller into the TV. Oh, like, could you imagine a whole mission of Annie running and you being Mikasa, like trying to go between the trees and getting those cuts in? It would just be one of those sequences where like, there's no point in fighting this thing. You're just trying to get away. It would be like the scrolling one where she's running behind you and you're just trying to avoid obstacles in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Cause you can't fight. Very, her. Yeah. It's very yeah. crash bandicoot. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah. Levi and Mikasa are better than the whole garrison unit. Oh, Whew. yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. Like we talked about in the last episode, how it was amazing. How as a cadet, she was one of the elites. Like they had her mm-hmm. on the front lines and her, I'm sure she's lost track of her Titan kill count by now. And for her to just be so instinctive and go in for those heavy hits and Levi just be like, well, you know what you're doing. So this is the plan. Of course, Mikasa's cadetness kind of showed because she was trying to go straight for the kill, despite her orders being not to do so. And Levi got hurt because of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, Mm -hmm. you don't want your you don't want your main guy down like that. Oh, when he like twisted his ankle because of her, I was so upset i was like no do not let anything bad happen to the most proficient yes. fighter in the squad yes. <laughs> that's my hero <laughs> yeah exactly you, you know um i'm just kind of like thinking of it right now i don't know how familiar I, you you know um full metal alchemist pretty well he kind of reminds me of roy mustang a little bit yeah 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 he's got that he's- that calm demeanor but like when he goes off he goes off exactly exactly yeah this is totally a side thing, but there was a there was a voice recently that I heard that was the same English voice actors. Oh no, I'm getting I'm getting Wrath and Roy mixed up. But yes, mm, Roy is mm. actually a much better comparison of when I was thinking of Wrath. Um, oh, okay, yeah, Roy and Roy and Levi definitely same demeanor, same swagger, and uh, I just want to I just want to see Levi snap now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Like happen. he, like he draw, he sheathes his blade and like snaps on the way up. Like, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, one of the things they have in common that I, I don't know if Mikasa just learned by watching him, but they have this habit of like going into like a vertical spin where they have like both mm-hmm. swords drawn and like they can basically slice through anything. And that at one point, she does completely mimic his ap- actions when she like embeds her sword into Annie's forearm and kind of like drags it all the way along the yes. forearm. So cool. So cool. she's a quick learner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, what's these, I don't want to, you know, take control of the conversation here, but I'm just thinking about Annie and like her motivations. Like we leave the, the season off with like a total cliffhanger as far as she goes, but we got like a couple of snippets to, I guess her like childhood. And we saw that her father was kind of an instructing her mm-hmm. and her, her father had high hopes for her influence and her ability. Yeah, um, everything's just a mystery from there because what little we already understand about Titans is being overturned episode by episode. So Mm -hmm. not only one, but we have two humans that could turn into Titans. One clearly knew that she could, the other one didn't. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and that each one has their own special ability as well. Right. So it's just the do they call them the the abnormals? Oh yeah, the abnormal titans are the ones that like don't pay attention to humans. They just go kind of buck wild. Yeah, and they compare it to like the colossal titan and the armor titan. So it's mm-hmm. like who knows how many are out there and what's going on and just everything between that. They they've really just kept Annie a mystery. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's kind of interesting how she kind of picks and chooses like. At a certain point, she just starts killing everyone. But before that, like, especially when she was running in the field, like, she didn't want to kill Armin unnecessarily. Like, she went out of the way to, like, pick up his hood and, like, Armin uses that information. He's like, hey, keep your face covered. If she doesn't know who you are, she's not going to kill you unnecessarily. And that's kind of what leads him to knowing that it's her. And, you know, they set up the whole great kind of sting operation in um I can't remember the name of the city, but the city that they're going through in Wall Rose, I believe it is. No, it's Wall she... uh Cena. Yeah, Wall Cena. Oh, okay. So yeah, he approaches her and asks for her help, and basically they have the conversation about whether or not she's a good person. And at that point in time, she's, you know, willing to try to be a good person for Armin. But that's pretty short lived. So I remember that when I initially watched this, I had no idea that it was Annie. I was just so Mm. like locked into the fact that there was another threat that they had to deal with. Right. That didn't click to me until they went to the flashback and that whole basement sequence happened. Mm. Did you catch on to it? Because there was a lot of hints and they did go to the flashbacks and because explaining that it actually looks like her, like it has the eyes, it has the same hair and then like her her Muay Thai stance that she displayed during the cadet training is something that she does as a Titan as well. Did you catch on? Like, do you recall catching on to that as you were watching or have suspicion or were like kind of tossing it or did it go over your head like it did for me? That's one of the things I'm trying to recall where my headspace was when I watched it back in 2013. And I want to say as obvious as it is in kind of like retrospect in terms of her, you know, really looking just like, herself in Titan form with the sullen eyes and, and hairstyle and whatnot. I I don't think I caught on very quickly when I did my initial watch. Like I, I think exactly what you're saying. You're paying attention to so many other things. Like Annie kind of Annie really seemed like kind of a a background character. I mean you had a couple of interactions with her here and there, but there are so many characters. Like we haven't even talked about Connie Springer or the couple of military police that uh, we get introduced to alongside Annie. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that just goes to show that she does have this like begrudging respect for Aaron because she's like, I know somebody just as foolish as you, somebody that, you know, wants to rage against the machine, wants to rage against the Titan, if you will. Mm-hmm. And for better or for worse, whether or not it's going to get them killed, they're willing to do that. And she's like, you remind me of them. Yeah. Answering your question, um, on a rewatch, it was much more. I mean, I obviously knew what was going to happen. I could re- recollect that, but uh, I do think it's a pretty well done mystery, especially for a first time viewer. It's it's obvious, but it's right under your nose. But you don't really know to look for that. You're so consumed with the other ongoings and all the death around. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a lot to. Lot to prioritize. Like, there's so much going on. How how does that even cross your mind? Because I've had some people who was like, "Yeah, it was kind of obvious." I'm like, "Really?" Um, <laughs> but I'm also the type that I just get so like laser focused that I, I, I think I like I turn off my ability to kind of like to deduct things like that. Yeah. And if something really stands out, then it's. <laughs> It's, it's probably poorly written if I could figure it out quick because yeah, I don't think I could sure. try to think like that pretty quick. And yeah. this was far from poorly written. <laughs> well, and I think one of the other mysteries that kind of like preoccupied me is like thinking about how did Aaron come to inherit this power and what role does his father play? And then even when you do get the reveal with Annie, you're like, did Aaron's father have, a, you know, Grisha, Dr. Grisha Yeager, did he have some part in Annie's transformation as well. Is this something that he like specialized in? Like, when are we going to get to this basement? When are we going to get these answers? Like, 
that's very much at the forefront of your mind. So not in season one, I'll tell you that. Nope, not in season one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really happy that that last battle happened the way that it did too, because the level of snootiness and ignorance of the inner wall is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like the king is a coward. It's all like the richest of the rich in there. The military police don't do anything to the point right. where it's like one of the one of the squad captains was like drinking and then the the one dude who like spoke up and had a purpose of like why he was doing his thing was like fine, you take control then. And all they had to do was like, you know, escort who they thought was Aaron, but it was really Jean in a wig. Yep. He's not happy about having to, you know, <laughs> pretend to be Aaron. And Aaron's like, how, how do they pick him to like dress up as me? He has a horse face. <laughs> <laughs> like how stupid are they that they can't tell the difference between the two of us? And the, they show how stupid the military police actually are. Like there's yep. Titans attacking the inner wall. There's two of them beating the living daylights out of each other. And they're focused on Commander Irvin and wanting to, like, execute him on site. Like, do you not recognize the problem at hand right now? Yeah. Yeah. Again, the real world parallels sometimes incompetence and privilege cause people to fail upwards. And that's very much the case with the military police. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm. I'm glad that a lot of them just got decimated and just didn't know what to do. And the scouts came in like the amazing heroes that they are just like zooming past them. It's like, you guys just going to sit over there, like not going to handle anything right now. Right. Yeah. This went on full attack. It was, it was cool. That was, that was a really cool fight. I mean, Aaron doesn't have too much because he's so emotionally driven, mm-hmm. but Man, they they stay true to like actual martial arts so much, and the fact that Annie is so Muay Thai driven and, and the the mechanics of everything. One of your favorite things was the kick to the jaw. Oh yes, it happened in the forest. And one of the things is is with a with a kick, like you're supposed to follow through and let momentum. Like if you're stopping yourself, you're not putting power in, right? So the right. fact that it actually like put that motion, you know, set up set up the stance and the form and the fact that it went through his face but her body like kept moving and she had to like restructure herself i was like that is an amazing attention to detail because there's a lot of little things that go into a kick and the fact that they highlighted each one of those things was like yeah yeah you can speak to that a little bit more than i can being you know having a background in in martial arts but it's just it's something we've said about other shows but it, it stands here as well. The attention to detail, even though this world is like larger than life and very fantastical and the things you're seeing on screen are things that you could really never see translated to live action. I haven't seen the live action movies, but from what I hear, they don't do the series much justice. Um, I turned it off for the first 10 minutes. Oh, goodness. Okay. Good to know. I, Good to know. <laughs> can I can I say why? It's kind sure, of spoilerly, yeah. but I really want to say why. Yeah, go for it. In the opening... When Shiganshima gets like invaded by Titans, it's mm-hmm. not Eren's mom that gets eaten. Oh. It's Mikasa. Oh no. And I was so mad I turned it off right there and didn't care about the rest of the movie after that. Okay. I and I started watching that. it like on a plane, so I was like mm. I was just mad. I think I had like three hours left on the flight and I put on some sitcom or something because just watching that in that level of detail that that gut-wrenching manner of watching Mikasa get chomped in half, I was like, mother... Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was livid the rest of that flight. <laughs> did they... Not to get off on too much of a tangent here, but do they did they make the Smiling Titan as terrifying as it yeah. is in animated form? Okay, because that is yeah. one of the most unsettling things I have ever seen on screen. That Smiling Titan. Ugh. This show makes me understand people's fear of clowns a lot more. I have a little bit of a fear of clowns. It's not as strong as it was when I was a kid, but there, yeah, there's something unnatural about a permanent grin and yeah. Clowns are creepy. They are. (laughs) This world ain't a happy place. Kids. Ain't nobody smiling like that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I did watch the nineties TV adaptation for Stephen King's it when I was way too young. So that may be a factor as well. (laughs) Tim Curry, your uh, nightmare fuel. 
I watched The Mummy when I was too young, and that's what messed up jump scares for me. Ah, okay. But hmm. it was, uh, my cousin wouldn't take me to see Pokemon unless I went and saw The Mummy with him, so. Oh, I that's. had to do what needed to be done, and it was literally my eyes and ears covered the whole time. Oh, poor little zoo. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh, she's not that scary. Well, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully you can watch Moon Knight when that comes out later and not be too oh, traumatized. Okay, okay good. <laughs> yeah, this was a loaded half of the season. I mean, we easily could have made this three parts and just talk about the forest in one and Annie in another. But mm-hmm. anything else you want to add on just like this tangent of batshit crazy stuff going on? Um, you know, I, I've been I've talked a lot about how Aaron is is such a headstrong character and he's so emotional, but I think it's it, while I don't gravitate to him so much, it's what makes the show work so well when you have you know an emotional character like that. It makes the characters that are in the decision making roles, it makes you understand why they're a little more d- detached. Like I'm thinking of Levi and I'm thinking of Irvin as well. Like as much as he is, he has kind of a engendering personality. He's able to win people to his cause. He has this almost mysterious element to him as well. And you kind of question what his motivations are too. So I I don't know if you want to talk about Irvin in, in further detail and, you know, some of the gambles that he's willing to take and just the fact that he puts so many lives at stake and, just to reveal this traitor amongst the ranks. I really think he is just tired of losing. Mm -hmm. He's tired of coming back with like nothing to show for the lives cost. I mean, even um, Petra's father coming up to Levi, Mm -hmm. that was hard. That was really hard to watch. Like Levi trying to keep his composure, which he's very good at. But talking about like how worried he is for his daughter and, you know, she just needs to get married and do this and do that soon after he just kicked her body off of the cart. Like you couldn't even bring it home to show him. Yeah. Couldn't even do a proper burial or anything. So like they're tired of losing man. And when they had their trap and shot like all those like spears and ropes mm-hmm. through Annie, like they thought right. they had a win. They thought they learned something. And granted, in a way, it was a win in the sense that they understood so much about Titans that they didn't before. True. Um, forgive me for forgiving the section commander's name. What did we... Zoe? Is that what we said Zoe, we were going to call her? Zoe, Zoe Hanji? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, she learned so much. They got so much out of that. They understood Aaron a lot better out of it. And while it was a key piece in moving forward... They couldn't explain that to the people because the people were still ready to have Aaron's head. And Pikes has, has his moment of like, this is going to be a, the first win that humanity's had. So they wanted to ride that high. True. They they True. really just wanted to do right by the people. They really wanted to have a win and show that they knew what they were doing and they weren't a joke and this and that. And for them to have to come back after progressing so much and still not be able to explain it to anybody was just like, it, it was just a kick to the balls to them. And, all Commander Irvin wants to do is like succeed. We haven't seen him have yeah. a breakdown at any point, but like you can only imagine like how much he's holding in. Yeah, yeah, I know. Pixis in particular said he doesn't care. Like if he'll if the history books refer to him as a as a butcher if they get that victory that day. I have to imagine that Irvin has some of the same, you know, guilt riding on his shoulders and. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Levi, Levi is one of the most least emotional characters on the show, but he lost his entire squad. And those were people that put all their faith in him. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, you know, in in season two, how those things unfold. Hopefully Aaron is able to master his, his Titan abilities and his technique a little bit. We saw a lot this back half of the season of him not being able to transform as um on command as he initially seemed to be Mm -hmm. so he still has a lot to learn and i'm hopeful that uh you know armin will continue to like 
kind of step up as well. He definitely seems like he's a brilliant tactician. So maybe he will become a confidant of some of these leaders and, and yeah. instead of being put into the action where he's not as proficient, they'll use him the proper way as a tactician. Yeah, his brain and Mikasa's talents definitely are well beyond their years. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When you've got a friend like Aaron, they kind of have to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they balance each other out in in a lot of different ways. It there's a there's a philosophy that I've learned like through martial arts that I've been kind of like living my life by now. Mm-hmm. And it's that you can't be ready without having three components, awareness, preparedness, and willingness. Mm. And all of those are different parts of life. So the awareness is um, mental, preparedness Mm -hmm. is physical, uh, willingness is spiritual. And Ah. these three main characters, now that I'm thinking about it, really embody those. Aaron's got the spirit because his voice definitely says all that. Sure. Uh, Mikasa's got the physical ability and and competence to handle herself and Armin has the brains of the operation. So it's like when they come together, they truly are like the readiness of actually making these missions happen. If you Mm. lack like in life, if you lack one of those things, you're not fully ready to handle something. And I feel like that's why their dynamic is so strong because they have very clear weaknesses, but they have very clear strengths and they don't do anything to these characters to make them like magically have all three by themselves they focus yeah. on their ability to connect with each other to actually like succeed. Yeah, totally. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, yeah, breaking it down to those three pillars of life, they definitely encapsulate all of those things. And that what's makes, that is what makes them such a great trio, but I couldn't help, but like kind of think about some of the other characters that uh, we spend time with and try to like fit them into those boxes as well. Obviously mm-hmm. I said how much I like Jean. Um, he seems to, you know, have the, He's not, he's obviously not as brilliant as Armin or as physically capable as Mikasa or have the same amount of spirit as Aaron, but he has a little bit of all three and it makes him, you know, oh, yeah. fairly competent. And then I think of somebody like Reiner, we haven't really talked about him, but he's got more of the physical capability. And he actually had a, a moment that's worth bringing up when Annie was like tearing through the field and actually like, it looked like she crushed him for all intents and purposes. She's in her about hand. to like pop his head with a film. Yeah. And then he does kind of the double sword spin out. And I don't know how the hell he survived that, but he's a tough dude. And then even um, Armin had his moment of like, I forget he was one of the upper 10. Like, oh yeah, yeah it makes sense that he actually had the ability to go through. I mean, like what you described is kind of like if you're uh, customizing like a character in a game. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jean is like balanced on all three while Aaron's like maxed out on spirit. Mikasa's yeah, yeah, maxed yeah. out on physical and For Armin sure. on mental. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Reiner? Reiner? It, it's Reiner in the dub, but it's kind of funny. A lot of the okay. times it sounds like they're saying like Reina, like they don't pronounce like the final R. It's like Reina. Mm. So yeah, I've I've listened to a lot of Japanese names in my anime watching, but learning all the the German ones have been fun. Mm-hmm. But I just have a fascination with like languages and especially accents. So mm-hmm. um, I need to make more of an effort to learn the German stuff and be able to yeah. break it down as confidently yeah. as I do <laughs> Japanese yeah. stuff, despite having yeah. no experience with that language whatsoever it just goes to show like what an interesting cross-section this show is it's like very much a japanese anime Mm -hmm. but it's obviously very fascinated with like this old germanic Mm -hmm. like medieval country countryside with technology ahead of its time so you got a little bit of a steampunk element there as well yeah it's really cool i'm enjoying it totally if we could make odm gear work in real life i think you guys brought it up on your previous coverage, but there's no way that could function in real yeah. life. He would just go splat against the wall in no time. <laughs> yeah, the our our co-host uh, Andrew brought up his engineering background and like how high. Ah, okay. That. Yeah, yeah. I think the last big reveal that we had was one that blew me away the first mm-hmm. time I saw it, and it was a mid-credit scene of the wall collapsing and you seeing the face of a titan behind the wall. I freaked out. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know what the hell's going on there, but it is pretty terrifying to consider the last bastion against Titans for humanity very well may contain one or more Titans. So yeah, it looks like they're on the way out pretty soon. So like that happened. And then I had to wait like two or three years for season two. Right. Right. And that's kind of where I'm guilty. Like I said, I watched the first season when it was first available and I was like kind of so frustrated with the cliffhanger that I just kind of like put it on the back burner. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on other things and kind of fell out of anime for a while, but this podcast has definitely got me back in to so many of the great ones. It's kind of funny. I I did my rewatch of dragon ball right before we started doing this podcast, but uh, before then I I hadn't really watched all that many. My plan is succeeding. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Do we want to read a couple of emails that we got from our fellow listeners? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good time to do that. What do you got? All right. So the first one is from Chrissy. Hey guys, it's Chrissy. I had sent in a feedback about Young Justice a month or so ago. I finally got Amazon Prime and binged Invisible in a night. I loved it so much and I gotta say I love gore, but at times, especially that last episode, was a little much for me. But overall, I love the show so, so much and I can't wait for the next season. I just finished all of your feedback episodes for it and hearing speculations for the show, knowing what happens, I gotta say y'all were on point most of the time. I love you guys so much and can't wait for your coverage of Attack on Titan. Woohoo! I'm a season behind and will probably watch the final season along with you guys when you get there. Cool. I also got to make a suggestion on something to cover. I know one of you had said when a show comes out and you aren't familiar with the fandom, it's part of like Arcane and League of Legends. But I have to say the Legends of Vox Machina 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 on Amazon Prime by Critical Role is my new comfort show. Has everything comedy, gore, action, and a tiny bit of romance. I highly suggest watching because it's just overall amazing show, in my opinion, and so far, my number one animated show in 2022. Sorry for such a long email, but you guys are amazing, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on Attack on Titan and Young Justice once it's back. Stay whelmed, Chrissy. What a heartwarming email, and you don't need to apologize for the length at all. When it's that encouraging and and such great feedback, you can go as, as long as you want to, Chrissy. That was... Uh, a pleasure to listen to and to read and really glad you enjoyed Invincible. Um, I'm trying to think about what some of our predictions were, but it kind of makes me think about how long we've been doing this podcast next month. Yeah. By the end of the month, it'll be like a full year that we've been doing this podcast. And we started with Young Justice, but Invincible was kind of one of the biggest shows for us right out of the mm-hmm. gate. So um, I've talked at length about how much that final episode impacted me. So I'm glad that you you went back and, and listened to how much we love that show and that uh, it could be a good companion piece for you. And yeah, definitely. Thanks for writing in. Continue to do so. Uh, Chrissy, as he said, Dion, thank you so much for writing in. I started episode one of Arcane. I really loved it, but that is a show that demands my attention. So I will do it justice and like properly sit down and watch everything. Uh, once we're once we're caught up with Attack on Titan, so I can you know talk to my co-host about it, but uh box box machina is another one that's popped up on my radar and uh Mm -hmm. i'm sure we'll get to it at some point but i'm always down for great animation and like i said as important as the numbers are and you know how much we love the the downloads and the listeners and the instagram following like being able to talk to you guys is the highlight for me personally uh knowing that there's like-minded people out there you know that i can talk to things I'm passionate about with anybody around the world. Like, thank you so much for writing in and please never hesitate to do so. Yeah. It, Chrissy, if you want to give us a piece of a follow-up feedback, I'd be curious, like what's your level of familiarity with critical role or D and D was prior to watching the show. Hmm. Cause yeah, I think that might be something that's beneficial when it comes time to cover the show. I know Andrew's mentioned that he has some experience with D and D, but maybe we should pull in a guest that, you know, um, has been following critical role for a while. Cause I know they call their followers critters, which I think <laughs> nice. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's all over my head, but I'd love to be uh, enlightened yeah. on it for sure. And uh, speaking of loving to hear from people, we got one from TJ Stafford as well. Woo woo. All right. So, Hey guys, it's been a while. Haven't listened to your demon slayer season two coverage yet because I haven't watched the show yet. Unlike okay. a lot of anime fans, <laughs> I have a hard time watching shows with the subs because I'm almost always multitasking when I watch stuff, so I really need to be able to hear what's going on as well as see. The Mugen Train arc is now dubbed, so I'm caught up on that, and I will definitely go back and listen to your episodes once the dub eventually comes out. 
Now for the latest episode, I'm so happy you are starting Attack on Titan. I love this show so much, and I'm thrilled you guys are starting it from the beginning. The struggle for Trost is one of my favorite arcs in the series because I love action scenes with the ODM gear. In my mm-hmm. opinion, those scenes are among the best animated action scenes I've ever seen. Watching Mikasa just wrecking Titans is jaw-dropping. If I can offer a word of advice moving forward, I found that the plot of the show as it progresses can be at times hard to follow. The thing with Aaron's dad and the key is explored further and it can get a bit complex, so I'd recommend paying close attention and maybe watching out for any kind of flashback or history lesson multiple times to absorb everything. Fortunately, you guys are binging it faster because you forget a lot of important details if you have to wait between seasons. Mm-hmm. I binged the first two seasons, but starting on season three, I had to wait, and it makes it way more difficult to keep up. I'm happy to be able to listen to you guys again, and I will be able to tag along until you catch up to the English dub. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the next couple of seasons. P.S. Have your therapist on speed dial. I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say things aren't going to get any easier for our heroes moving forward. TJ Stafford. Good old TJ. Good old TJ. Good to hear from you again. And um, I will say, if you make the commitment to start watching demon slayer you won't be distracted by any multitasking your eyes will be glued to the screen and you (laughs) won't have a difficult time knowing what's going on but i fully understand waiting for the dub and um the other thing i want to highlight he always he always gives such great feedback but when he was talking about the action sequence with mikasa and her odm gear um it kind of made me one of the things think of one of the things that we kind of glossed over with this this show that makes it really unique is the camera placement and a lot of the camera tracking you get Mm -hmm. during those high speed like odm sequences like it really puts you right there with like the person that you're following and like i think back in the first part of season one when the it was kind of our hero's first foray as as cadets and aaron (laughs) kind of has that moment where he's charging forward at full speed and the one titan jumps up and bites off his leg like that was so intense and Mm -hmm. so shocking and like that titan came out of nowhere like i felt like i was aaron at that moment so yeah great call out it's like i'm sorry is our main character about to die right (laughs) are we not supposed to like him (laughs) Uh. yeah i mean andrew kind of said everything for me in Mm. his in his monologue about just kind of the way that the camera is moving everything with it but it's Mm -hmm. I really am at a loss of words for just how incredible all those sequences are. Like we talk about Demon Slayer and those moments between like with Rengoku, with Uzui, mm-hmm. just how cinematic it is. Like you get, you truly get lost. Like everything else just goes out and you're just, you're locked into like how things can move so fast, but still be understood and just still look so beautiful despite having like heart wrenching moments. Like, it's insane and in hindsight like i'm glad that attack on titan takes so long between seasons it's Mm. the lack of communication that truly kills me because it's like here's your amazing season with the big cliffhanger and then gone for two three years and then before you know it like the last season is out so it's the lack of communication that killed me had they told me like we want to get this camera work and this animation and this gut wrenching is down. So we're going to take some time and here's how things are going. I would have appreciated it so much more, but just leaving me in the dark like that is, is the only frustration about their timeline when it came to this kind of stuff. Nah, that's, that's such a, a fair point. But when you did your little like puff of smoke noise, it made me think like much like the the colossal titan he's there and gone the show is there and gone in a flash with no indication when to expect him again i love it maybe i've just been like watching this show too much so i'm just subconsciously making references could be could be are you a titan we could we'll never know (laughs) bit my thumb didn't work i was gonna say for our our listeners he just bit his thumb and (laughs) No, no results I, yet, but he might not I have did the like proper that, motivation. Uh, yeah, let me drop my spoon real quick. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, I did like that little moment between Levi's squad when um, they started to trust Aaron and they all bit their hand and they were like, damn, that really oh, yeah, does yeah. hurt. Like, if you did yeah. that that much to try to get it to work, like, we believe that you're like, you're truly with us. For sure. It was like a, it was like a blood pack and then everyone died. Yeah. Sad day. Devastating day. 
Cool. Let's wrap it up on that depressing note. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Sasha again, just to make things a little more lighthearted. Oh, <laughs> I could eat you something. Know, so <laughs> I've sent you a couple and me and Andrew go back and forth on Instagram with like Sasha cosplayers. Oh, okay, and just cool. like, you know, just uh, my, my algorithm is literally just anime and football at this point. Like, that's all I see is scenes from Naruto, Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, and then football stuff. Okay. And uh, I've seen enough, like, who's your favorite Attack on Titan girl? And the reason that I think I go towards Mikasa most out of them mm-hmm. is because I am Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she has good instincts, she is, like, competent, but, like, things go over her head, Mm -hmm. she's quite the goof, she's always hungry, like, yeah, I think that's why, it's not that I would, I mean, it's a great character design, but I think it's less attraction and more just relatability over anything when it comes to her. (laughs) For sure, for sure. She's a goofball and I love her for it. The show needs to be a little bit lighthearted at some points in time, and, and she's just so great at delivering that comic relief and it's so appropriate uh, it's always yeah. so appropriate too it's Definitely. not armin having zenitsu moments it's oh yeah this is a character design that we put from the start and it's her her quirkiness is going to come in just as much as section commanders always does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the only character that we had anywhere close to like delivering that kind of comic relief was uro who when he was like biting his tongue not once but twice on the horse, but he he was not long for this world. Yeah. Even though it's it's worth mentioning, I can't remember what like the various kill counts were, but like they went through all the members of Levi's squad and you had like a couple that had tons and tons of kills, and then it was obvious that the other ones were more like assists. So it just goes to show how well they worked in like cohesion with each other. There were those that were like doing what they were supposed to do, providing assistance so that the expert killers could go in and do their thing. And it was reflected in the statistics. All right. Gunther Schultz, seven solo kills, 40 kills in a team. Erdgen, mm-hmm. 14 solo kills, 32 kills in a team. Mm-hmm. Aruo Bassard, 39 solo kills, nine kills in a team. Okay. Petra Rall, 10 solo kills, 48 kills in a team. There you go. What's up? What's up? So I'm gonna put this on Instagram later because it's cracking me up. Okay. But it's Aaron and his he's like he manifested his Titan hand. Uh-huh. And he's standing on top of the arm and the hand is just flipping off Levi. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> on the Instagram, so you guys know what I'm talking about. But I saw it. this is just hilarious. It's so well drawn. That's great. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. <laughs> oh, this just this just made my day. This is great. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a great way to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just I just texted to you if you want to take a peek and laugh along. My phone is out of reach at the moment, but I will look at it very, very soon. No, I'm just going to keep laughing on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can laugh along. Laughter is the best medicine. And oh, for sure. We just did a, a doozy, as TJ and Andrew m- mentioned. Our therapists are going to be working uh, double time this, these weeks of coverage. I I do want to reach out to BetterHelp.com and see how <laughs> sponsor ads for us because we talk about therapy so much Uh, i want to see what they say uh, have you said goodbye to too many fictional characters (laughs) are you subconsciously making anime reference in your day-to-day life (laughs) Uh, side effects Uh, of listening to animation deliberation may include (laughs) 10 minutes later and occasional migraines. Mm. But hopefully a good laugh here and there. Because like oh, I said, sure. laughter is the best medicine. And we want to be a source of entertainment and laughter for you folks. For sure. And if you ever have laughing moments, crying moments, 
oh snap moments, email them all to us at animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at animation animation delib one. Hit up our Instagram, hit up our Facebook, talk to us however you are comfortable with, because we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. And this show wouldn't be nearly as exciting if it wasn't for our relationships with you. So thank you all. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you everyone for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N and continue to do so. Stay wound. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance. It was hoping hard to recycle plastics can be so much more participate in the hefty energy bag program happening in your neighborhood today